this episode of the Sustainable Fashion Podcast, we're discussing circular fashion. What are the key principles and how can we adopt a more circular lifestyle? Circular fashion, for those that you are, are not familiar, is about designing waste and pollution out of our clothing. So it's about making sure that we also are regenerating natural systems at the end of their lives, the lives of our clothing as well. So circular fashion moves away from the traditional linear make, take, make and dispose business model. So um, for more details on this, like the circular economy and the circular fashion, you can check out the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, who've been advocating for a global circular economy and and that's where I've done my research and to get some information for you guys today so we need to transform all elements of the take make waste system and we need to manage resources and how we make products that we use and what we do with the materials afterwards so the current system is no longer working for businesses people and the environment taking resources from the ground to make products that that we use and then when we no longer need them or want them we throw them away that is a linear economy so that's what we we want to move away from so the three principles to follow according to the ellen macarthur foundation are um really simple sounds really simple but it's what we want to be discussing today so the three steps and principles to the circular to circular fashion and it would be great to get your thoughts on how we can actually implement these so first of all is design out waste and pollution so that's the first principle um the design aspect and then there's keeping products and materials in use that's the second um, principle so that would that would be the circular part when it comes to consumers etc and then there's regenerate natural natural systems and i don't think people talk about this enough but that's not only to protect the, the environment but to actively improve the environment so they're the three principles to follow for a circular economy and circular fashion so design out waste and pollution keep products and materials in use and regenerate nat- natural systems so um I can see we've got Rome, Lawrence and Rosie here. I'm really great to have you guys with me. Definitely raise your hand if you want to contribute to this conversation. And um, the question that I have, based on that summary that I've just given, is how can we adopt a more circular lifestyle to support a circular economy in fashion? So definitely raise your hand and then come up and then we can start the discussion. Hey, Lawrence. Hello, my love. How are you? I know you've not been well recently. I hope you're feeling much better. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm still recovering from my accident, but I wanted to come here and support you, my queen. Um, I definitely definitely want to support you and, and just be part of the conversation about your topics and you always have amazing topics and I just want to you know celebrate that and honor it and uh, definitely add value to that um yeah if if I may my name is Lawrence I'm a lifestyle stylist I'm based I'm based in San Francisco California in the west coast 
um, I style pretty much uh, clients and style their life from fashion to decor to everything fabulous. Um, but for me, I just want to keep it short. Um, for me, I think, um, not I think, I know, uh, especially with this special sensitive topic, is uh, when consumers are buying, they should invest on the quality and the signature pieces. What I mean by that, like, rather than purchasing high, uh, purchasing, sorry, uh, fast fashion, they should, yes. they, they should save their pennies and invest on, you know, the signature pieces, a good pair of jeans that are going to last for a lifetime that they could pass over. They should invest on a, a beautiful white shirt that is going to, you know, good, great quality from like, you know, um, you know, from like Brooke Brothers all the way to, you know, um, uh, Hermes or, you know, mm. they don't have the Hermes. They could also go vintage shopping on consignment shopping. Or also the other thing is a signature black blazer, which is such a, a great staple piece that goes, uh, it's classic, it's endless, um, and it's um, seasonless. You know, that's a key word I always yeah. communicate with my client. And then, you know... Uh, a trench coat, um, just your 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 pieces that are gonna live forever. The quality, and again, it is a little bit more of a higher price point. But again, you're not supporting the high, uh, you're not supporting the fast fashion where you know you're buying something from H and M and Zara or uh, the other brands that are just. You know, it not falls apart after a couple of wears, what? right? But when we think about the system that we have, it is a linear. Um, hey, Rosie's coming up to Rosie, great to have you here. When we think of the system, it is a linear economy that I described. So the, the, the system that we have now is take from the ground, make a product, and then dispose of a product. So when we're thinking about a circular economy, we're looking at trying to eliminate that process and bring a new process in so as a stylist i know this might be a tough question but i like to like really dig into the conversation as a stylist how would you encourage like i know you've mentioned some great things there about the quality and the durability of the product but is there anything else that you could do with clients or to kind of get them to move away from that kind of disposing of products and to to get keep the products in use for longer. So if they're durable, what kind of creative ways can we actually? Um, Rome is coming up as well. I'll just invite Rome up to the conversation. What other creative ways can can we get clients to keep the product for longer, or keep keep them in use for longer? Or as a stylist, when you're choosing products to style people. Yes. And we're trying to move into a circular economy that you don't want anything to be thrown away ever. Yes. And that's a great question. Yeah. And I thank you for that question. Um, and for me as a stylist, um, a, as a lifestyle stylist that I sell clients from, you know, uh, different venues from celebrities to uh, athletes to royalty to um, CEOs and your basic Joe. And for me is one of the five things that I do is invest on the quality, um, pay, uh, pass it forward, meaning either um, uh, save it for your the, their children 
or also have a, um, a, a swap party, meaning like you have okay. your girlfriends or your male friends and you do, you know, you have a cocktail party, a cocktail kiki, and you pick pieces that you no longer wear rather than tossing it or um, uh, whatever you you circulate it within your circle within or you know that's one thing or also donating donating it to a nonprofit organization besides the good you could do the goodwill you could do the consignment those are the other two other options but also do charity events like i'm working on a project uh that's based in san francisco where uh we're supporting the trans community where uh trans female and trans male um uh, we do a boutique style rather than, uh, you know, what people do is when they donate stuff and then it's in the bins rather than that kind of like it's kind of like okay, a good yeah, form. So it's yeah. styled like a little boutique. And so they feel special and everything is feels very luxe and feels very like boutique and they feel special. Um, so I'm working on that project and uh, Bukala and Rosie, I'm definitely going to let you know how that comes about. And it's going to be on um, more to come on my IG and my YouTube channel, which is Gay Stamp and Approved. So that that I'm working on that. That's pretty new because uh, one of the um, founders is a trans woman, which is my friend's friend. So um, again, I just returned from a trip. So um, I have a lot of projects for the fall. So that's one big project that I'm excited about and believe in it. And I'm definitely going to be one of the board members to really um, work on that and giving back within uh, my community, um, LGBTQI+. And then the other thing is also besides um, the other things I recommend is uh, re-looking at your closet, re-shopping your closet and looking at pieces that you haven't worn for like, say, you know, again, we're still in this pandemic. So again, a lot of places are limited or where you could go. And, you know, many of my clients has many pieces in their closet wardrobe. And for me, for them, you know, they have like, say, you know, collections of collection of collections of collections. So for me, it's like resize, restyling and altering and retailing a piece that maybe that they purchased 10 years ago and to give it a more relevant look that is on trend um, right now. So yeah. that's the other option. And I just did a consultation with a client um, last Sunday. And so she has great pieces and there's none of them. Are, we're, none of them we're get, not getting rid of and there's only one out of her like I think 30 pieces that I pulled that we're going to donate to that organization the LGBTQ um, organization that I'm going to be working on um, but you know just to give it a fresher look and and those those are the, just a few that I would recommend there uh, Bukala and I hope that kind of yeah. helped yeah, that really kicked off the conversation. I like the idea of the swap parties and and that's definitely something that people can kind of, a fun way that people can kind of incorporate into their lifestyle to kind of um, promote the circular economy. And I know you mentioned um, reworking items of clothing that you already have. And I know Rosie's up here and she's upcycler and we've got Rome as well. So I don't know if you guys want to answer the question 
how can we adapt to more circular lifestyles to support the circular economy for fashion? So what are your thoughts? Shall we go with um, Rosie first? And then over to Rome? Um, hey, Bukola, can you hear me? I'm on a train, so I'm not sure if my reception yeah, is good. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So far, so good. Awesome. So yeah, I guess um, I would say um, one way to adopt a more circular economy is to mend what you already have on hand and rewear it, um, or just you know research artful ways to essentially rewear and reuse um, what you have on hand. Because um, I think a lot of people like tend to think of the same old you know pieces like wearing them in the same way, but there are so many ways to just rewear a basic button down or a basic t-shirt even. So I think like, um, you know, Lawrence is a stylist. Not everybody is a stylist probably in the room, but if you just search like, um, you know, like eight ways to wear a t-shirt, like those, um, those like Pinterest boards and, um, you know, tutorials are really insightful. And I think that if we just learn how to rewear it, we have a hand, that's great. And also I wish more people knew how to just do basic sewing because that really does go a long way. Um, you can find more tutorials about that as well now on, um, TikTok and YouTube and Instagram. So that's what I would say. And uh, I'm done for now. Thanks. And Rome, what are your thoughts? And we've got DJ Indigo and Jackie. Definitely raise your hand and come up to say we're talking today about um, circular fashion. So the, the whole linear model of take, make, and waste that system needs to go. So we're looking at um, how we can support the circular economy and um, how can we change our lifestyles to become more circular and use products, reuse products, repair products, and things like that. What are your thoughts on that, Indigo? Oh, Rome, did you want to jump in? I was just waiting for the moment, and you said you couldn't hear me before, so am I audible now? Yeah, you're audible now. Great, okay. Let Rome jump in. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then we'll come back to you. So lots of good points have been made, uh, and since no one's touched on this, I will. One word that comes to my mind is, besides what everyone else has said, and it's really good points, uh, what Lawrence has said, I always try to buy quality uh, and I'm not one to run out, as I told you in another podcast, buy trends and fashions. Uh, I tend to buy signature, um, but education and education in a very broad sense, meaning people need to educate themselves on how to take care of their clothing. If they take care of their clothing better, they will last longer on top of buying quality, meaning if you send it to a dry cleaner, make sure it's reputable uh, and that they understand what it, the garment is, even though most dry cleaners do. If you take care of it yourself at home, read the label, follow the label exactly. Maybe for certain things, turn the, turn the garment inside out. Um, anyway, this is something that I have found that works for me, uh, for my T-shirts and pants. I turn the garment inside out. It tends not to run as much or if something happens in a machine or whatever, it's usually on the inside and not on the out and won't damage the garment as much. Also, for people who do this for a living, maybe educate your clients more, educate them on what's better to buy. And also, again, the care of the garment, uh, educate them on places they could go to recycle it, things of that nature. So my input is education, and I'll leave you with that. Yeah, 
And um, Bacala, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to, again, echo what Rome uh, strongly pointed, and which is very, very, very key, because when you invest on quality pieces, you actually don't need to constantly wash it. Like, for example, if you have a beautiful cashmere uh, trench coat, you should only have that dry clean, if any, once a year. You know what I mean? Like, if you get something from H&M, you have to get that clean five times in a year, which, one, you have harsh chemicals, which is polluting the um, environment. Two, you have, uh, you're wasting water. Three, you're, you're, you know, so if you invest on quality pieces like a Burberry trench coat, you should just take it, you could just steam it also. You could also just, if you're going to take it, uh, to get dry clean, which seldom is going to happen unless you spill coffee or whatever. But that could also be, you know, Burberry trench from Burb. Uh, I'm sorry, Burberry trench is already coated and sealed. So that's also part of the investment is you're buying quality, which you the maintenance is going to be very very light, and, and because it's an investment. Two, you know, you're seldom going to have anything. And also, if you need any adjustment or details, you could also take it to Burberry and they could repress it for you. And it's usually complimentary or on the house. So, um, again, thank you so much, Rome, for bringing that up. Um, because also, you know, when we're taking things to dry cleaner and washing it, we're, you know, we're polluting the environment, meaning with water, chemicals. And that's another great point. And I'm glad some, you brought it up, Mr. Rome. Yeah, um, I'm going to pass over to Indigo in a second. But there's a few interesting points that came up. I don't know if anyone wants feedback on it. I think um, what Ron was saying about education is important. Um, and the idea that we need to design out waste and pollution as part of being a circular. How does um, dry cleaning come into that products that we need to dry clean? I don't, I don't know. I'm just throwing that idea out because... Um, Lawrence did mention the pollution aspect of um, using too many chemicals. Um, yeah, so that's just an interesting thought. But Indigo, I'm going to pass over to you now about your thoughts about being more circular, having a more circular lifestyle. Um, how can we support the circular economy? Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is my very first green room, so I'm really excited to be here and uh, talking to you all. Um, I think what you just said, designing out waste, is an incredibly crucial concept for circular economy and sustainable fashion in general. Um, A couple years ago, I worked with Redress, which is a sustainable fashion NGO, and they do a lot of circular economy advocacy. And one thing I learned there that has stuck with me throughout my experience within fashion is that 80% of a garment's sustainability is locked in at the design stage, which is hugely important because it means that within one like within this one step of production and, and the entire garment's life cycle we can determine the vast majority of its ecological impact so within that yeah. i think the two things that are most impactful both from the design side of things and from the consumer side of things is materials and patterning right so if like ultimately the deconstructability at the a garment's end of life will allow reconstruction, upcycling, and basically uh, the perennial use of one fabric. So with linen, hemp, I think, I believe cotton, but all of these natural fibers 
are much easier to deconstruct and reweave than synthetic fibers, like anything plastic based as well. So I think from the consumer side of things, it's these are the decisions that we can be making is buying in a hundred percent linen top or a hundred percent cotton, trying to avoid poly blends as difficult as that is considering the vast majority of materials now are plastic based and design. There was one designer who entered the redress design award competition who every piece in her collection could be cut up and re-sewn as an entirely different piece. And I thought that was such incredible foresight and use of material so if like I think someone's made a couple points about timeless style and the fluidity of fashion today which is so important and so crucial but we do get tired of pieces that we've had for you know five ten years right this is sort of an inevitable thing at times and if you could cut it up and make it into something that you'll love again for another 10 years that's exactly what we need to see to establish a circular economy so I'm done yeah yeah, thanks, Indigo. I, I, I really think a really interesting point that you brought out there was the point about how designing garments that can be taken apart. And then that ties into Rosie's work as upcycler as well. If the, if the, the clothes are able to be from, from the outset taken apart and redone, that is, that really helps enhance circularity of that garment. So, I've got another question. I think everyone's shared their points. And we've got Shazia and Sonia down there. I don't know if you guys are available. I know you're in London and it's late. Um, I don't know if you guys want to come up and um, participate in the conversation as well. Um, my, my question now really is, where do brands start when thinking about adapting their businesses to becoming more circular? So I think there were some really great points made about um, having timeless pieces and having um, pieces that can be upcycled easily and recycled easily and things like that. So where where do, I know a few of you guys have jumped back into the audience. It would be great to have you continue to participate. Um, yeah, so where, where do brands start when they're thinking about adapting their business to the kind of things that we've talk, talked about? Because obviously, if the consumers want to be circular, the brands need to start somewhere to provide this kind of um, option for consumers. What are your thoughts? Mindset. And by that I mean if the designers don't change the mindset and it kind of goes along with the education or to re-educate people, yeah. change, change people's habits because most people are very impatient when it comes to purchasing garments for themselves. They don't do enough homework and they're not patient enough and they run out and buy the first thing they see or a lot of people of the mindset that, oh, they have this same lookalike mindset, even though everyone wants to say that they are somewhat individual, but yet so many people look the same. Um, that has a lot to do with control and marketing, advertising, but that's another conversation for another day. But if people change their mindset, they won't be so quick to buy something. They won't. They will understand that in order as Lauren said, to get that signature piece, they're going to have to save a little bit. So don't be in such a hurry to run out and spend and buy. Yeah, yeah. I I think what you were saying ties into what Indigo uh, mentioned before about, like, designing products with the end in mind. So designing them 
in order to be taken apart that it ties into the education of the designers we educating them on how to build circular um design i think rosie wants to say something rosie you're mute at the moment do you know how to come off mute it's showing me that you're on mute so and that's why we can't hear you but i'm not sure what technical issues that you're having at the moment but rome it's a really really good point that you mentioned there um yeah we've got quite a few people down there in the audience shazia would you like to come up and participate and we've got justin as well um and anyone else that wants to come up i know lawrence said he can't um speak at the moment but um i'm going to move on to the next converse, next part of the conversation maybe me and rome can have a bit of a dialogue here so um, when we're thinking about circular fashion, as you say, in the, as we've been seeing from this conversation, durable, product, durable products are important, quality products are important. And then also the design in mind for circularity. So upcycling is easier, recycling is easier. That is, um, that is really important as well and educating consumers educating um, designers on circularity and how to be part of that system definitely really key um things that we've brought out in this conversation um so how can we encourage customers to make that shift and build new habits when it comes to um their relationship with fashion i really liked what um lawrence was saying about these swap parties and things like that um what other thoughts do you think like as a consumer because you're you Rome you don't work in the fashion industry and you have a sustainable lifestyle and um, personally what would you how would you be able to shift your habits to become more circular what would you like to see from designers in, in the clothing that you buy I don't know how feasible this is because my industry is not the same as yours uh, but like most people I do buy clothing I would yeah. say to get people to change their mindset, maybe they can incentivize them, um, maybe coupons. I, I mean, I don't know how do you go about changing a person's mindset when most people are fixed-minded in what they believe and what they want. And if they don't raise their consciousness, as is the title of your room and podcast, if people aren't willing to or at the stage in their life where they're ready, excuse me, where they are ready to raise their consciousness, no matter what someone else does, it's in vain. But personally, as you asked, incentives would be great. Now, how you do that, you could do it with uh, end of life incentives, um, uh, whether it be turning the clothing in or having a coupon to take it back, maybe from the same store you purchased it from and getting yeah. a small discount to turn that garment back in towards the purchase of something new. I don't know if yeah. that would work. That sounds really like really great ideas, actually, Rob. Um, incentivizing people to participate in the circular um, economy, rewarding people for green actions and things like that definitely work and you seem to have quite a few good insights on um fashion in general just naturally i just wanted to find out what what do you think what do you think about so there was three points that i brought up at the beginning i'm, I'm not i think you were here when i gave my explanation so the three principles of um the three principles of circular fashion design out waste and pollution so we spoke about that being education wise um 
keep products and materials in use. So we talk, we spoke about that in terms of durability of products and things like that. And then obviously you were saying incentivizing um, consumers to go back and um, fix garments and mend them and things like that, participate in that way. So what do you think about the final point, regenerate natural systems? So this would be not only protecting the environment, but actively improving the environment. Do you think as a consumer, if a brand was helping you protect the environment or improve the environment, that would be appealing? And um, what, what would that look like to you as a consumer to participate in that? Is that something that would be important? when you think about sustainable fashion? The way I think these days, I would say yes, simply because the biggest thing, um, or one of the things I'll tell people lots of times, and to me it applies to all walks of life, greed, I always say greed is going to be the ruin of us all because when people put profit in excess, I mean, we're all in business for profit, because that's how we make our livelihoods. But profit in excess, or better known as greed, is just, it's going to be the room because everything, when it's centered around money totally, then therefore you're going to get designers and you're going to get manufacturers and, distrib- and distributors that don't care about the environment. However, on the flip side of that, when you have someone who's invested in their future, depending on their age and the future of their children and their great grandchildren or their grandchildren, then people's mindsets begin to change. Hopefully we're at that point. Um, the near future will let us know if we are or not. Yeah, I think that's really important what you've just said. Um, and also the fact that we're knee deep in this climate crisis at the moment um really goes to show that everyone needs to come on board this um, conversation. I really appreciate you, Rome, for being here and being passionate about the subject. And hopefully by raising your consciousness, you can go out and spread the word to more people to have a similar mindset to you when it comes to fashion. That's amazing. So, um, Rosie, I've brought you back up again. I'm not sure if you can um, unmute. Okay, let me know. It looks like it's working now. Sorry, I don't know what happened. That was weirdest thing I got like kicked out of the room because I think they reset it and now hear me guys can you guys hear me um, it's it sounds like you're underwater can anyone yeah hear we've me? got Shazir as well the app is working oh no okay but um let let well that's okay Shazir. yeah let's hand over to Shazir and then hopefully um we can come back to you Rosie hi Shazia. Hi, Bukola. Is it okay if you come back to me as well? Just, um, I just need one minute. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. But um, yeah, so this is the Sustainable Fashion Podcast. Um, today, we are raising our consciousness about circular fashion. We've had really great contributions. Um, so I'm just going to reset a little bit the topic for the new people that have just joined us to understand um, what we're talking about. So um this conversation takes place every Thursday at 11pm BST on Green Room and Raising Your Consciousness is a podcast show to help um, that are put together to help bring the sustainability conversations to the everyday consumer and um, Spotify Green Room is the perfect platform for this conversation. So this is why we're having it here. So the definition that I have um, that we've been discussing today is circular fashion. 
So it's about designing that waste and pollution out of our clothes and making sure we're regenerating natural systems at the end of life of these products as well. So circular fashion moves away from traditional linear model, which is take, make and dispose, that business model that we currently have. And um, I've been looking at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, just really at their definitions. And um, so there were three points, three principles that they brought out about the circular economy that we need to build into fashion. So the three points are design out waste and pollution and then keeping materials and products in use. And then the, the third one that I find really interesting is regenerate natural system. And um, that's not only protecting, but actively improving the environment. And I really loved what Rome had to share on that. So, um, yeah, Shazio, are you, are you available to share your thoughts on that? The, the, the um, final question that I've had for today is really what we're discussing at the moment is how can we encourage customers to make that shift to build the new habits when it comes to their relationship with fashion? Hi, Bukola. Yeah, um, I'll try. I'll try and answer that. Sorry, I've um, I'm just <laughs> I've just been washing all my makeup off and everything because it's like nearly midnight here. Um, yeah. So, um, how to incentivize customers? Was that the question? How to encourage them? How to encourage them? How to encourage them? Um, the habits. To, so, a few things that we spoke about. Lawrence made some really good points about durable products, buying quality, high quality garments. And taking care of them well. Um, Indigo mentioned as well um, about um, products being designed with the the idea that they'll be taken apart and um, upcycled or recycled in some way to create new garments and stuff like that. And then Rome also mentioned about um, fixing and mending, being having an incentive and education and education. So they're the points that we've discussed today. So it's about making a shift. How do we get consumers to build a new habit so they can um, embrace these ideas that we're discussing today? Yeah, thank you. And uh, I did hear some of the points and, uh, um, you know, thank you, Bacola. Rome as well. I did hear a lot of what um, uh, what, what you um, were talking about and agree. Yeah, uh, they were fantastic points. And um you know, so I mean, I have um, uh, I have a, 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 an ethical, sustainable fashion brand, and um, so you know, these kind of values are at the core and of everything I do throughout the value system. The the thing with the the and this is the I've had I've got a fashion boutique in London, and obviously circularity is really important to me. And I, uh, you know, when I design collections, they're not um they are seasonally relevant but they're not trend led and so you know customers can and do wear them um season after season um as the as the temperature um increases or decreases and and i love it like you know like i um you know they 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 message me and say you know that dress is still fantastic and you know it's two years old now and you know still love it and things and yeah so i think i think that's you know i think that's really important but at the at the at the heart of 
at the heart of it all. I think that we kind of have to, we have to win customers over through creativity and through design. And um, I think, yeah, we, we have to encourage that through our talents and as a community, not not me individually, but all, all of us, like, yeah, like we, you know, it's really difficult. I mean, the it's not an equal fight. It's not an equal playing field. Uh, we're massively underfunded, um, you know, regular fashion, fast fashion, that they're just, the marketing behind them is just so powerful. And, yeah. um, and I think, I think I think it's just about being tolerant, about being patient with um, with customers as well um, as a part of the education. Um, you know, I have a, I have a, a a really good friend of mine is vegan and she's got a zero waste vegan shop, and um, and she really uh, we've got some crossover customers, and she's really told um, told off her told her customers off and refuses to serve them if they've got um milk product cartons that they want to refill uh with zero waste product like she she will not allow them to refill those cartons those dairy da- yeah d- dairy tubs or whatever and um they become really upset and uh you know because they're like well we're trying you know and and i think that yeah we just need to have patience um you know all all the things you mentioned about you know like vouchers and encouraging like changing the mindset are so important but we have to um acknowledge the that we're we're a bit of a transition generation and um yeah and that we that that it's not only is it hard having a business we're also educators and so we you know we have to make that enjoyable and uh yeah does that make sense at all yeah i think I, i think the point that i really liked um that you were talking about is the whole point of the patience that we need to have i think this time is a really testing time um when it comes to sustainability we're we're at tipping points in society now when it comes to climate change and um, everybody needs to participate and moving out of the old way of doing things, that linear economy where we take things from the ground. First of all, taking things from the ground, um, we just need to stop taking natural resources out of the ground. Um, Making products, we need to, we've got enough products in in circulation that we don't actually need to when it comes to fashion we probably don't need to make anything new for a long time and um, upcycling and reusing what we already have um would be the best way to go and then waste disposing of products going into the landfill um and creating co2 emissions is just not the way forward so the whole concept of the economy that we have taking things from the ground remaking th- making new products and then um wasting products needs to be thought but it's such a ingrained way of living that we do need that patience that Chazu was talking about to kind of really move out of that and move into a more circular um habit and that's not just consumers that is actually producers as well that need to really rethink their models so it's easier for um for consumers to participate and yeah Sustainable Fashion Podcast 
is in partnership with the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. <laughs>